What's behind door number one this week on The Hapless Heroes? Why does this group only just want to hit things? Hello and welcome back to the Hapless Heroes podcast. My name is Dave, and it is my distinct pleasure to be your host and Dungeon Master for this evening. We will start this evening as we start every other one by introducing our cast, because I literally know no other way to live. So starting on my right, uh, we have Francesco as the fabulous Felix Fizzlebottom. As always, I have a plan. To his right, we have James as Hoblet the Smasher. Good evening, friendos. To his right, we have John as Lord Jarrell the Light. Did we succeed? To his right, we have Mike as Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. Always at my service. To his right, we have Nicole as Boris the Butcher. I think I'm losing my bubblegum beard. To her right, we have Phil as Hedrick, the Entertainer. Just tell me when to go on. And to his right, we have Zach as Pregnart. I'm, pre- I'm prepared to be sneaky still. <laughs> as we last left off, we went through a mysterious red door that involved a uh, bit of a puzzle, a bit of a challenge to go through. Everyone we, had opened, to learn. we opened the door, correct? Yes. We did it. You had to learn the uh, value of silence, which for a party like this is uh, definitely a bit of a uh, uphill climb. We're annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all got there, and you got through this door. Yeah, we learned that we can still be annoying, annoying quietly. You've gone through a door. And as much as it might... Please me greatly to tease you with what is behind this door. We got to get through it. We got to get on to some plot. The red door opens and a golden light emits forth from the room beyond. Like the inside of the Pulp Fiction briefcase. Ah, yes. You did mention that. You can't quite see through. Mostly just from the glare and the shine coming through the door. It's very, very bright. Very important looking. Does anyone have light vision? Is that a thing? <laughs> no. <laughs> I've got light I smell. I like how some people were like looking at their sheets like, I don't know, do I? I don't. Uh, no, but if I, were a real, if I were a real dickhead, I'd make there be a penalty to dark vision users in here just for that kind of shit. <laughs> dark oh, vision. I don't have dark cheap. vision. Yeah, let me know if you're going to enforce that penalty because I do, I do also... Uh, let me check. Well, it's because yeah, yeah it's, I do. It's so I bright. I, I think I also have dark vision. You're such a No, it's so bright that right now there is no darkness. So right now you do not have dark vision. But it's on my sheet. No, it says I have it. I'm saying right now it's too bright and you don't. You have the opposite of vision. 
end this madness. So, <laughs> in some point, not in the present, but beyond that, you'll be entering this room, and the future is so bright you gotta wear shades. But since they haven't been invented, y'all just gonna have to squint. Well, uh, Paradil had the, that welder's mask a while ago that came in handy, but oh, yeah. nobody else has that right now, so... No, there is no welder's mask. This room is bright with a golden light. I feel like Pregnart has like a, a one set of eyelids that he can shut. <laughs> of course he does. The underwater eyelids. Yeah. The one the ones that blink sideways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are the ones. Pocket full of monocles, but I think that'll make it worse. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Really gonna burn your retinas with those. <laughs> yeah, just focus those beams straight into your uh, eyeballs. <laughs> uh, I'll take the first step into the room with the golden light. Excellent. You take your first step into the room with golden light, and while it is bright, your eyes do adjust relatively quickly after entering the room with a little bit of squinting and yeah, a little bit of that putting your hands in front of your face and shielding your eyes kind of crap that people do when they enter a bright room. And it helps briefly, and eventually your eyes adjust. Now, the golden light comes from the fact that the entirety, almost, of the interior of this room is more or less golden. The stones along the floor are a bright yellow sandstone. The walls are... They look like marble, almost, but they're, they're polished with this almost golden hue. And the ceiling itself, a good 20 feet up, uh, appears to be made out of maybe some sort of beaten, you know, really polished bronze or even gold or something like that. The room is circular, probably about 100 feet in diameter as you enter uh, from, let's call it the south. Equally distant around the room and all the spaces that aren't occupied by the door you come in, so spaced out at... The other three cardinal directions and the other four half cardinal directions are uh, what look like um, circular, maybe arches of something of some sort. Um, you know, maybe about five feet out from the wall. So at the northeast, west, northeast, northwest, southeast, southwest. Um, there appears to be a dais in the center of the room, maybe about ten feet around. And... Uh, it has sort of platforms every sort of step ups every 10 feet around it for a few feet uh, for a few. Let's say there are three layers around. Well, let's say one at 10 feet out from it and a second one that takes up a good chunk of the room. I like how that looks. <laughs> so sort of a few uh, on your map that would almost be looking like concentric circles or something like that. And if I were to hold it up to the camera, it might even look something like uh, this. Wow. Uh, spatial. I'm, I was pretty accurate. Although, that was a very I'm simplistic description, though. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to keep it somewhat elemental here. Yeah. We, you know, we want, we want the audience to be able to visualize. And if you're able to draw it reasonably accurately off of what I drew, I might have even done it right. You did it right. You done did it. Is the light just, like, coming from the room, or is it coming from a source? Um, it looks like the light is coming from what appears to be... It's tough to tell maybe a skylight that's just fully illuminated right over the top of that uh, 
10 foot uh, diameter dais in the center of the room. Also on top of that dais, by the way, as you get a little bit closer, you know, take a couple of those steps up to get up to eye level with it. It looks like a large, solid gold anvil. Ooh, it's it sits. Solid gold anvil yeah. on the dais? Yeah. On the dais, on the dais. Help me on the dais. <laughs> Um, so I think this is the place where we've been looking for, by the way. I feel like you're just talking to yourself right now, because Jarrell hasn't gone in yet. I'm, I'm talking to, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. I don't think that would be, loudly on, be beyond Felix's repertoire. <laughs> I'm speaking loudly enough that I feel like I'm trying to address, you know, my, my companions. Hey, dick noses, come inside. I noticed you Joris saw something that looked like gold, so she definitely went in. I did also notice that friend went to say friends, but then corrected himself. <laughs> <laughs> Crew members. Companions. My, companion, uh. my <laughs> companions. I just didn't think friends really encompassed it fully, you know? Not uh, at all. Not at all. <laughs> I agree. You know, it's, if, been, it's been years of traveling together. We're certainly not friends yet. Absolutely. 100%. Is anybody still in the original... Um, What's it? Maintenance room maintenance with Jarrell. Yeah. Pregnart looks uh, longingly and uh, woefully at his ruined little bag of sand and steps through the doorway. And Hedrick, right behind him, will give a glance at the dwarves who were in the room, and just kind of like, just make sure it doesn't close behind us. <laughs> and he'll follow in. Pregnart, don't fart again. You got it. That was exactly what Jarl was worried about, is that we would walk in, the door would shut, and now we'd be stuck in this different place than where we were before. Okay, we're in a holy place. We're in a place that's not working against us anymore. That doesn't mean it isn't confusing as shit. Okay, good point. <laughs> You're making a lot of assumptions there. Am I? I think so. <laughs> and to be fair, holy- most oh places God. are confusing as shit to Pregnard. <laughs> we are in a holy a, fortress. I just had a thought that as Hedrick said that to the dwarves, the door closed on him and just like smacked him into the room. No, they wouldn't do us no. like that. They're my homies. No, but um, the dwarves themselves do not enter. In fact, they seem to have sort of taken note that the door opened but they seem to be assiduously, like, ignoring the door. Like, they're just sort of milling around in the room, doing whatever it is that dwarves do, which probably amounts to a whole lot of drinking and swearing and tinkering um, with stuff that they shouldn't be tinkering with. If if everybody's in... Uh, Jarrell hasn't gone in yet. Uh, and I know that Jarrell's insight is usually garbage, but I would like to roll an insight because they seem like they uh, are they intentionally ignoring the door, or do they just not, like are they pretending like intentionally ignoring, or do they not see it kind of thing? Be kind of hard not to see it. Well, yeah, but we know how weird magic can get. Hey, nineteen. Nineteen. It doesn't look like they're like 
intentionally, intentionally ignoring the door, but their eyes seem to slip past it as they're looking one way or the other. Like, it's just wholly unremarkable to them and not really a thing. Yeah, so it, it might it might be safe to think that they actually don't see it. Let's assume mm-hmm. that. Which is more concerning for Jarrell now. It's an interesting assumption. We've only ever needed each other. Aw. But Hoblet sees it. <laughs> oh, Hoblet absolutely sees it. Well, I, I don't. One, I was going to say, does, but Joris, one of the dwarves, <laughs> I'm using air quotes, does come uh, in with. Did that. come in. <laughs> mm hmm. Joris is is looking at the anvil and then looking at where pockets would be if armor had pockets repeatedly, just kind of standing there. So sort of looking where the pockets on your armor you think yeah. they would be. Okay. Yeah, Joris like, you know, hold, holds his her I mean bearded his hands up to like assess the size of the anvil and then holds them up to where a pocket would in theory be. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) You're not stealing the anvil. Um, Are you you measuring this like obviously? I am measuring this very obviously. (laughs) I'm going to look at this dwarf and be like, "Uh, hi, uh, what do you know about this anvil uh, dwarf friend? Have you seen this before? This this seems like uh, what we're looking for. What, what do, do I know about this anvil? <laughs> it's a large golden anvil. That's what you know about it. Yep. Joris looks at Felix very seriously and says, Aye, it's a large golden anvil. As the accent progressively gets worse away from the other dwarves. Yeah, I'd like to make an insight check just to see if I could finally understand this is Boris I'm talking to. Sure, why not? Boris, uh, will you be attempting to keep the charade? No, I haven't been attempting to keep it since the start. Okay, good. Then it's an uncontested <laughs> uh, um, insight check. Okay. Well, then, I mean, yeah, I guess 14. I guess I get it if it's uncontested. Yeah, duh. Right, so I'm going to go ahead and look at Boris Joris. And be like, uh, and just whisper, um, any reason why you're still trying to keep up the actors is just for fun now. Just kind of like pauses for a second and looks like, a, you know, a little inquisitive for a moment and then says, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. And take like just rips the bubblegum beard off in one swoop and sticks it to Felix's face instead. <laughs> <laughs> for whatever reason. Any of the rest of you who are even in eyesight instantly recognize that the beard stuck to Felix is obviously made of bubblegum and could never have been confused for a real beard in this reality or any other. But the fact that everyone didn't realize that until just now means it was convincing enough. Boris is really, really good. Now you well, have- that means that I stuck it to you backwards and that the side with the hair on it is now against your face. I see. I see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I- except that it was super obvious the whole time to anyone anyway, but for the fact that Boris was wearing it and it somehow worked. And was just selling it really hard. Right. And Felix okay. has a beard. 
Felix yeah. now has two beards. You know, he has doubled up. Felix well, now will... he has bubble bubblegum, bubblegum. He has bubblegum in his beard. <laughs> Felix will use his polymorph ability to remove his real facial hair so that I can easily pull away the bubblegum beard without pulling out my <laughs> facial hair. And, and doing once, one 1d6 bubblegum damage. And once I peel it away, <laughs> I will use prestidigitation on my face to clean the soiled surface and then polymorph to regrow my facial hair. Okay. I feel like it was two uses of polymorph that you didn't specifically need to use to get rid of that, but I, I can I use it. <laughs> I can use it as many times as I want. No, I, I like the visual of, you remember that one episode of the Simpsons where Homer shaved and the whole beard just went boop and just popped right back mm-hmm. onto his face. That's like, much I'm, I'm just seeing that, like, especially with the boop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just like pops back into it. I think about that so often. I don't know why. Just in my everyday life, it just pops into my mind's eye just out of nowhere, and I don't know why. It is a phenomenal visual. Um, While Felix is uh, growing and regrowing facial hair, Boris removes the rest of the door farmer that's over her armor and puts it all in a pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then proceeds to try to pick up the anvil. Holy no. shit, Boris, no. when did Boris. you get here? <laughs> Boris, I, I mean, if you're trying to pick it up, I'm going to just stop. Just just hold on a second before we start pilfering anything. Pregnant okay? just goes over to watch that effort. We need this anvil here to attempt to open a portal, right? Don't forget about what our mission was. To open a portal, to allow reinforcements to come here to defend that gate, and also to hopefully try to bring Zero here somehow. So... I'm going to need you to just, like, cool it on the sticky fingers thing for a second while we figure out how this works. Please. Okay, but dibs on the anvil after. Pregnard's going to take, like, a, uh, just a sweep of the perimeter. It's, like, a very, very interesting-looking, uh, or it seems like an interestingly adorned area. And he's just going to, like... Take a look around. Now, Pregnart, be careful you don't walk through any of them archways. We don't know what kind of place this is. No, he's just hopping around in the circle. Um, Like the outside of the room or towards the, the uh, dais um, steps or? Just, uh, just the entire perimeter. The perimeter. Okay, the outside, outside. Yeah. All right. Um, what languages do you speak? Um, <laughs> Common, Elven, and Aquan. Okay. Um, you have seen enough dwarven runes to be able to pick out the occasional dwarven rune as you look closely at the arches sort of along the outside of the room as you pass them. Now, the arches are, are not are the ones in, like, the, uh, what are they called, like, the secondary uh, cardinal directions? The northeast, north... Um, the north, uh, well, all of them. The three cardinals op- uh, aside from the door and the four... I guess sub cardinals. I don't know the the, the half step one. So sure. all seven of them. Okay. And they have some dwarven, and it look. Yeah, right now you can tell that some of it's dwarven, but it's not all dwarven. Dwarven runes, and other runes. Guess what? There yeah, are... and other runes or symbols or something. There are a couple people here who know how to read dwarven. Yeah, I was going to say, shouldn't 
we have the people that know how to read it, read it. It's up to I never learned. Tell us. Hello, Hoblet. Hello, Hoblet. Can you read? Can you read any uh, dwarven? <laughs> of course. I'll, I'll head over and uh, and take a take a quick peep with the peepers. What do <laughs> I right. see, Dave? Well, which one are you looking at? Let's say starting um, counter cl- or starting clockwise the from the door one. at the bottom. So, all right. So number three. So northwest. Yeah, northwest. Maybe it's a little tough. Maybe one in four of the characters you would see on there are dwarven runes, and they don't seem to make a ton of sense. Dwarves rarely do. Yeah, but I mean, even for dwarven runes, like, like there's you know T, a seven. A couple of X's, like it's all over the place. Well, it's the T7X room. Okay. <laughs> how would I? How would I keep popping around clockwise? Sure. Uh, the one at the north. Um, that one has a few more dwarven runes, and at least they seem to be making words. But it's it's sort of gibberishy out of the words themselves. Like you might uh, there's a here, there's a now, but there's it's almost like the grammar and syntax is entirely off. It's it's kind of like dwarven written by put through Google Translate about four times through five different languages before it gets there. A here and now, a when three or four ifs. Are there any other markings in the room besides these runes? None that you have found yet. Hmm. No one's really kind of deeply investigated the room or uh, you know asked for details on stuff though. How about southwest? So southwest. It's all dwarven runes, and they something about them like the words themselves don't make sense. Like it's like one you yeah, yeah like you, like you try to pronounce it out, and it just sounds very gibberishy. Hmm. Hmm. Well, the west. So on the west. That's another one that's mostly dwarven and also more more gibberish. It's a little harder to read, and there are a few extra characters in there, though. Like it looks like there's like a dwarf or like. Well, what other uh, what other languages can you read, Hoblet? If you can speak it, you can read it. I mean. I only can speak dwarf, but I have that fucking. It's on your. It should be in the front of your sheet. It's your your languages section. You should. Have, I think you know more than just. You think you know common dwarfish and probably something else. No, just the two. But if there's like, so there's other shit in here. Two, yeah. Yeah, there's other stuff like there. There's stuff that's definitely too smooth and curvy to be elven or uh, to be dwarfish, but you can't tell. Maybe it's elven. He's well, gnomish. 
It doesn't but matter. But it's only a few of the characters. So I'm going to cast Tongues on myself. Hey, all right. Yeah, get, get wild with it. I like just, that. Just fucking cut through all the bullshit here. So what does okay. Tongues allow you to do? It says, so if you said I can speak it, I can read it. Well, it says. Yeah, it's more like if you know the language, you can read it. Like it it's part of your it is, right? It is, it is. Well, well yeah, what, what is the text of tongues? Let's see what that does for us. Uh, I only have it on my sheet. It just says, uh, I got it. Creature understands all spoken languages. Let me get my, let me get my, my apps so up. Hold on. Okay, oh, yeah, that, that spoken might be a killer there, but I really, oh, really I like where you were thinking there. I got it. Um, the spell grants the creature you touch the ability to understand any spoken language it hears. Moreover, when the target speaks, any creature that knows at least one language can hear the tar- and can hear the target understands what it says. So this is specifically for communication. If you have the spell comprehend languages, that's going to do what you want it to do. Tongues can do what you want it to do, but there are, let's call it extra steps that I have in my mind for how you could make tongues work, but it's not going to be easy. Yeah, someone would have to be able to read what's up Mm -hmm. there and then him to understand what's being said. Yes. So one of us would still have to be able to read it. Fuck that. Never (laughs) Do you have comprehend languages? Uh, Not equipped. Not, not, Not prepared, okay. Does anyone else have comprehend languages? Why don't you just tell me the name of the movie you want to go see? (laughs) She does not have comprehend languages, but she knows a lot of languages. Well, maybe uh, maybe you want to go over there and uh, give an assist? Yeah, Boris will wander over to where Hoblet is standing and take a a gander at the wall. That's awesome. What can you read, by the way? Uh, Common halfling thieves can't under common and elvish. Okay, wonderful. You definitely, um, you said common, halfling? Common, halfling, thieves can't, undercommon, and elvish. Yeah, you can point out that there are some very clear elven letters interspersed into the words here. I know elven, too. Uh, when Boris comes up, Hobbit's going to give a quick elbow and be like, Welcome back, you slippery bastard. Thanks. Joris was getting boring. Agreed. So uh, what, uh, do you, I, I, Felix, not wanting to pass up a chance to feel superior to everybody else, um, is going to waddle over as well and just be like, ah, maybe I can help fill in some of the extra gaps that, that you guys can't read. I can read, uh, in addition to common, Goblin, Abyssal, Gnome, and Dwarf. Okay, good. So uh, those are the <laughs> other ones in here. Is that It's definitely Dwarven for the most part. And there is definitely some no mission here. There's no halfling. There's no undercommon. There's no abyssal. There's no infernal. There's not even an eh of aquan in here. <laughs> <laughs> so with our powers combined, could we try to actually read these together? Yes. So the problem with West, at least, is it has these extra characters in there. But it's still gibberish, even if you're just trying to read one of the languages. Even if you're trying to insert those letters into the words to make the word in a certain syntax, it's just not going anywhere. It's just, just like gobbledy, gobbledygook almost. Yeah, it just sounds. Right. At least over on West, yeah. Okay. 
what was did we did we look at Southwest? Yeah, Southwest yeah, is all dwarven, but still gobbledygook. Okay, and there's a combination of you said elvish, gnomish, and dwarvish at west. Yes, and on west it is mostly dwarven, dwarvish, dwarven. I'm not sure which it is, and with only a few of the other ones. Okay, what? And then let's look at again northwest. Northwest is almost more other languages than Dwarven, and it still has that, you like, like no matter how you try to sort the words, they're not going when you read them from left to right. It's okay. I think I have an idea. Um, north. What's north? You've got a planet. north. Just an idea. It's, it has not for, it has not fully formed into a plan yet. We'll call That's it a first. A, a I hypothesis. Have an, I have an agenda. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. It's my second catchphrase. So, north. <laughs> yeah, north. North is almost entirely a like um there you can see that it's written in or at least they're arranged into what could be words and it's almost a very even split where it's like a dwarven rune an elvish character and a gnomish character. And it just cycles through the three of those. Yep. Cool. Um, I, th I, 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 I'm starting to come together. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's a little bit loose still, but okay. Northeast. All right. Yeah. Northeast. Um, it's more of a jumble and it's less dwarven. Uh, and it still forms the words though. And it's, it's, it's just tough. It's tough to figure out. Is it? But it's not primarily any one language over another? No, it's okay. not really primarily one language, except that there seems to be less dwarven in there. Okay. East? East. So it's mostly dwarven with a few other ones in there. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like there, you can make out a few words in here. Like, uh, okay, any any that make any sense? Yeah. Um, let's see. There's a what? A word that you can't quite make out for characters. Right. You said... Another four-letter word with, uh, for, you know, with characters. In the last three words, on this... Puth? Peth? Like, and the others just have a couple of other characters in them in different languages. Um, and the dwarven the, translates which, to that. Now, um, are uh, are you fluent in the other ones, uh, halfling and such? No, I have I have gnome. Gnomish. Hey, um, so make me a make me an insight check real quick. Insight. Yeah, I like insight here. Flat roll. Three. Yeah, it's, it's just not coming to you how you get these other words. Insight is not my my skill. It's not my forte. Hmm. Um, which one did you say also had like the, the where and the why or something like that? You had mentioned something like that. Was that southeast? Um. Yeah. 
Why not? Um, yeah, well, take a closer look at Southeast. I'm going oh, to Southeast, we haven't been to yet. That was we North, North. Yeah, that might have been North. North, I kind of changed in my head a little bit. I think I on the flight it a bit to just be, you know, really gibberishy. Okay. Okay, just making sure. Just want to make sure that I can strike that. Essentially, just strike that from the record. For yeah, sorry okay. about that. Like, nope, um, you're fine. You're fine. Puzzle Let's evolved in my head a little bit. I that's totally fine with me. I love. Yeah. I know where we're at. Now. up on the fly. Let's look at uh, southeast. Southeast. You are able to read it quite clearly, and okay. I just want to make sure I have the phrasing on this one right. All right. What will be if all goes to plan? Hmm. I like this one. <laughs> this is my favorite arch. <laughs> hmm. Okay. All right. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to just sit with that for a second. Um give someone maybe other people an opportunity to do some investigating and exploring while I just kind of think for a bit. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone else has any. I, I just don't want to, I just don't want to monopolize like the, the, the time here. Pregnard does are it you sharing? Are you sharing aloud as you're reading this? Are you like yes. reading them aloud? I, I, I would, I will, if, if, if I would, if I were to be secretive about anything, I'll say that first before, you know, otherwise assume that I'm sharing this with everybody. Pregnard does it. a mess of gibberish. Does a thinking backflip. Oh, that made me think. Of, go ahead, Hedrick. Uh, he would um, he'd be obviously checking out the acoustics in this room. I'm sorry, Fran. What was that? Oh, I was just saying, maybe look up. Yeah, like check out oh, the acoustics. I'm yeah, curious. like he takes out his lute and he starts strumming. Uh, a melody and he only speaks dwarven and common so he'd probably be over at like the west side just trying to decipher this gobbledygook but he is trying to scan like up above like the anvil and like around the light and really just using his hearing to try and suss anything out in this room and if anybody isn't you know feeling like they have a good luck uh, investigating, uh, he would inspire them. Hmm. So, uh, Hedrick is looking at, um, the, the ceiling, you said? Yeah, um, sort of like uh, from what I was gathering, the light is kind of coming from, like, the center of this room and he's just kind of focused on the energy and trying to feel the harmonics bouncing in the acoustics. Now, Hedrick, can you read Dwarvish? Dwarven? That's, yeah, just, yeah. just Dwarvish and Common are the only two that he knows. In a ring, right around the light, you have to really do a little bit of uh, squinting to see it, but almost around the outside. Paths may open if you strike the right tone. That kind of stops him for a second. He he knows sound, and he knows how many things 
can be used as interpretive instruments and how the natural music of the world is ongoing. It's constant. It's hearing waves on the shore. It's hearing leaves in the breeze. So he's thinking the focus of this room is that anvil. And when you strike steel or iron, you know, it makes a specific sound. When you go to any village, one of the first things you might hear is the blacksmith ringing on the anvil. That's true. That's where his thoughts are centered at the point. Um, he also recognizes that our last experience with an anvil did not go so well. Well, I and, mean, it worked out pretty great in the end. Trixie is now upgraded again. True. But so. Hoblet was not the one to perform the task. Yeah, we're not going to make Hoblet strike another anvil with Trixie. I think that we've learned our lesson here. I've learned my lesson. It's <laughs> um, interesting though I'm assuming Hedrick shares that too then Dave can you read that again for me the tone I'm sorry paths may open if you strike the right tone well and what we had Hold on, let me do this in character. Um, so, if I remember correctly, you know, Valen did mention something about, right, this, like, great anvil or this great forge being able to, you know, open pathways to other worlds. Obviously, we're going to probably have to strike this anvil in some way, and it's going to open a door somewhere. However, we need to be damn sure we know how, you know, where it's opening the door to, since she also did caution us that opening any doors to this realm is dangerous, especially with what's happening outside the gates here, you know, and, the, and things being invaded. She's like an under constant assault from Vecna. Like, this is a very delicate situation. So we have the pieces here, and now we just need to figure a way to put it together. Yeah, out of curiosity. See. Out of curiosity. Are any of the, and because it's maybe, maybe I, and maybe I'm reading too much into it just because of the way that I took notes here, but are any of the gobbledygook characters above any of the other pathways, uh, or like you know like uh, archways, maybe specific letters like C or D or E? Yes, they're just arranged in, into nonsense words. All of them are letters. But they're not words. They're, they're notes. Yes, except that there are letters beyond a G. There are, okay, so it's not just your typical scale. That's, that, that's no. what I was trying to think of, was yeah. like maybe these aren't it, actually words. These are like like notes, and these are like scales to play or something like that. Like actually like striking a tone based on those. those like, you know, it's, it's, it's like a musical language, not actually like language language. It's some big brain thinking there. Yeah, that was that's where my head was going. That was my idea, right? That wasn't a plan yet. It was going to be a plan if that turned into something, which is no longer a plan. Pregnart, damn, Pregnart turns I was feeling so uh, smart about that. <laughs> Pregnart turns his, his attention back towards the uh, the dais. Hmm. Ooh. Right, the um, anvil's on top of it, right? 
Yeah, but just m more specifically, like, like the steps of the dais. Okay. He's going to really thoroughly investigate that. All right, so the steps of the dais. And each one of those steps is, um, we're going to say, the dais isn't super high. They're probably about eight inches. You know, a bit of a strain, you know, for uh, Felix to, you know, climb up them. A good long step for maybe, a you know, a Boris who's, uh, you know, a little younger and got short legs. Nice easy hop for you, though. Yeah. Um, and. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, like the tile, the vertical tile kind of going around it before, um, you know, there's sort of some sort of tiles you can kind of see, or maybe they're just blocks. It's tough to tell. And then a little bit of lip of stone that maybe sticks out only about an inch or so. Kind of a nice round edge to it, so you're not really, you know, hurting yourself if you run your shins into it too much or anything. I mean, it still suck, but I won't leave one of those really hard bruises or anything. Okay. Are there any markings on the steps? Are there any markings on the uh, on the anvil itself? There are not. I liked where your head was at. I was kind of getting like that Legends of the Hidden Temple vibe for a second with like the with the, the big wide steps and the things like written on them. But yeah, I'm like, is this room just like one huge decoder ring? I don't know. Yeah, right, right. Like, I mean, I'm really trying to figure figure this out. Is there anything, like, laying around the anvil? Like, is there an actual hammer, even, to strike it with? There is not. Yeah, okay. There's notably not a hammer. Right. No, nothing else around it. Literally just the anvil on the dais. I mean, I have it. Yeah, literally just the anvil on the dais. In fact, there isn't even dust in here. Boris is going to take a look at the anvil a little bit more closely again, getting drawn back to the shiny gold thing. Mm -hmm. It is shiny. It is gold. It is obviously cold to, not like cold, cold to the touch, but cold in the way that a metallic object like metal be. cold. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. The other things you notice about it, it is solid gold and it looks... So you have an image in your mind of what an anvil looks like. It looks exactly like that. Like, this is the platonic ideal anvil. Like, every anvil made after this was made to look like this one. Does it have a coyote holding it? Because that's what I picture. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not accounting wire. for your head. What a normal, meep, meep. well-adjusted person who, yeah... It, <laughs> you know, think of what it looks like when it's in air falling, not attached to the coyote or the bird. Oh, it's got whoosh lines. Okay, we're good. Yeah, sure. Oh you can imagine the whoosh lines. They line up just nicely with the masonry. <laughs> you know what I meant, though? It is. Like, it's, it's pristine. Not just it is beyond pristine. It is perfect is in a way that nothing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's not an anvil. It is. The anvil. the anvil. And how large is it? It sits about two feet high off the ground. Uh, from that uh, tip end to the flat end at the other end, it is probably about three feet long. And maybe the width, the top is a foot and a half, like 18, maybe 21 inches across. Perfect. So like very, I mean, it's pretty, again, like quintessential anvil dimensions, not like oversized or anything like that. That, but just gold. 
Yeah. What direction is it like pointing? pointing? Ooh, yeah, good question. Um, it is with the pointy side of it to the east. Oh, damn it, I drew it the opposite. It had a pointing west. <laughs> well, okay, well, after investigating the anvil, Boris is going to look at Hoblet almost as if she's in pain and say, I want to hit it so bad. Now, hold on. We don't want to just be striking anvils willy-nilly, okay? We need a plan. I'm just trying to think if there's, like, if there's any other thing that can kind of give us a clue. Like, I don't, I don't want to just strike this and see what happens. I feel like that's how bad things happen. I think we should, honestly. Let the, bad, like, let the bad thing happen. No, I mean, don't let no the bad risk, thing no happen. No risk, no reward. <laughs> yeah. I don't have anything to hit it with. Like, metal, I guess. Yeah. I think you guys are almost pretty close to understanding at least some of the room, too. I mean, Felix is. <laughs> All right, this is like, the only there, thing there's I There's one have. detail that got kind of, like, looked at a little bit and then glossed over that might mean something, but it, it would have to be investigated to find, I think. The but I mean, one? yeah. By someone that's no, not, not by so someone that's that. not, by someone that's not me, essentially. Yeah, it's, it's, there are just a couple of concepts in there. Um... But honestly, even just powering through, you, like you'll eventually get to the answer. Um, okay. I mean, Felix doesn't necessarily know there's much more remarkable about it, but I'm going to just kind of put it out to the group that if anyone wants to take a stab and try to figure out what the heck hmm. that that stuff on the take a stab, huh? Thing. What? I said, hmm, take a stab, huh? I, I, I'm necessarily not necessarily saying that literally. I'm just saying maybe. Well, you said it, and uh, kind of gives Pregnard an idea. He takes uh, his small knife and uh, holds it by the blade, and gives the uh, anvil a little bonk with the handle. It's a very weak, tinny resonation, like a. Bing. <laughs> All right. Oblet, do you have an ability to summon a spiritual weapon? Or do you think this might be a little more physical? Again, I think we are going a little too far ahead here with the whole striking thing, and I would really like us to figure out the, 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 the actual method to striking this instead Whoa. of just hitting things. That's pretty sure you just need to hit it harder. Why does this group hmm. only just want to hit things? That's an, that's an interesting suggestion. Uh, he takes out his... Uh, um, I don't know. He ha he has no. He has two small knives. Uh, he takes out his other knife and he plays a little par paradiddle, uh, at moderate uh, firmness on on the uh, on the anvil. Bang 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 bang. No, no, it's do 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 That's a paradiddle. Yes, except that. It doesn't like it. It's oh. somehow both discordant and monotone at the same time. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Maybe that's a clue. Let's pulls a sledgehammer out of her pocket and hands it, hands it over. <laughs> no, no. Again, did you do it? Because I'm going to so I'm going to smack that. It to you. Yeah, I'm going to smack that anvil as soon as I can. 
Yeah, I, I hand the sledgehammer to you, like okay, holding it by the anvil, sledgehammer. Get on and the floor. Anvil, okay, get yeah. on the floor. In in like one motion, I take the handle of the sledgehammer and bring it around to give it a thwack. There is a single off-key discordant. Bwang! It's... So, normally you would expect when you hit the anvil properly to to, to be resonant, to sing. Mm-hmm. The singing equivalent to this would be like if you had uninvitedly so smacked Fran Drescher on the ass. <laughs> That is one of my. That is one of my dreams. Like that is on my bucket list. Yeah, that's, that's definitely on my bucket list. It's the Sheffield. Oh my oh god! god. <laughs> it better be a concern. <laughs> All right, let's go around and each give us <laughs> each no. give our best friend treasure. Please no, please no, <laughs> no. I it's the Sheffield. <laughs> The discordance is as symbolic as it is real. So I just want like I don't I don't know. It, it was a shitty metaphor that sounded great on paper. I loved it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I think with that, please, uh, pregnant dear is listener, done please listening. don't actually do this. By the way, she, the poor lady's gone through enough in real life. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I think that's. That 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 final uh, discordant tone or sound or whatever it was, uh, that that was enough of a deterrent from for uh, Pragnar to give up on his. Uh, yeah. So you whack it with the hammer, and I, I assume like the head of the hammer stays on top of the anvil. Like you just leave it there, like right on it, like brown. No, I'm just it's gonna be hand it raised back up to a bit. Joris. Yeah. Boris, it's Boris now. Yeah. Well, see, the funniest thing happens when you whack it and the hammer is on there, it does let out that noise. The second you pull the hammer back off, Mm -hmm. something different happens. It's almost like a, almost like this tone, but very quietly and in reverse. And the portal to the west opens. What? Cool. What? Uh, does it? Does it? Do could we see anything through it? Or it, when you when you say it opens, what do you mean? Like it opens? It's very obvious that a portal is open, and that there is a pool of hazy, swirling blue energy in the middle. Hazy, swirly, bluey energy. Yeah, it's it's the sort of effect that would telegraph that it is an open portal of some sort, but an opaque one that you can't see through. So they don't right. have to and, give know, things away without you. I was going to say some game. portals telegraph, you know, where they go. Um, this one telegraphs that it is and that it goes. Okay. You said this was the West portal. The West. What was, what was over top of that? Mostly Dwarvish that? with a Most, little bit of Elvish and Gnomish. Yes. And, the word it looks like they are arranged in words on glance reading it uh reading it the way one normally would they don't mean anything like they don't form actual words that way even the ones but that if, would be exclusively dwarven felix if uh try reading it backward 
Okay, I'll try. Ooh, hey. It forms words backwards. Um, I I ask uh, Boris to help me fill in the Elvish. Because there's a little bit of Elvish in that one. so I'm not I also know Elvish. I'm half Elf. I ask Boris Rude. To, to help me. Uh, or <laughs> walking away from the anvil, Boris high fives Pregnard and puts the sledgehammer back in her pocket and then walks over to assist with the translating. Pregnard so does another backflip. Are you just mad that I figured out to, to read it backwards? No. <laughs> yeah. I've been I thinking think that. Exactly I've been thinking that, but I, it's not like the idea that Pregnart would have. Mm. Right, 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 right. Okay. Well. Okay. So, especially if we have the help of someone who reads multiple languages, trying to read it backwards, spelling those letters and words out, you get what in a four letter word before five-letter word, this path. And what blank before blank this path? Yep. It's a four-letter and a five-letter in in those things. It's possible those could be words in any given language. What came before? Well... If the second letter in Elvish is the A, and you used Dwarven for the C and the E at the end, and a Gnomish M, yeah, it would be Kane. And he wanted Boris to help him. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So if you translate it all that same way, what you get is, what came before along this path? All right, fuck it. And I stick my head in. To the portal. You stick your head into the portal, and your entire body is pulled through. Fine with that. You clatter to the ground in a... (laughs) That was really loud. It startled me. You clatter to the ground in a darkened stone room. Now, anything, um, do you have behind me? Do you have night vision or some other way of seeing in the dark? Devil's sight, 120 feet. Uh, Devil's oh. sight reveals the room perfectly out Ooh. to its very edges. And you have come out of... It looks like a partially mostly assembled portal of some kind looking very much like the eastern portal of the room you were in before the rest of the room plays out similarly the same dimensions not all portals fully built and uh, the anvil on the center dais missing but several other items there oh that's cool Okay, uh, is the portal behind me still open or no? The portal behind you isn't open to your sight. Okay, uh, if I put my magic detection goggles down, is there like a portal aura where I can? The area is still crackling with energy. 
So yeah, oh, just blinding, right? It's not gonna yeah. help. Okay. Yeah, even the other partially assembled ones, the spots where the runes are on them in the spots that are assembled are glowing with a medium intensity. There's magic flowing through them even if they're not finished being built. But the one that's there, and it's it's the closest to being built easily, uh, is just still ripping with energy. It doesn't look like the portal itself is open, but the entire arch around it is. It, 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 it looks like it would be hot if you touched it. Interesting. Uh, well, I don't want to just do this. I don't want to do this just by myself. I feel like that's foolish. Okay. Well, before we get too far, let's cut to the yeah. rest of everybody else and see what you guys are doing. Uh, we so, appear to be an hour or two into the recorded, by the way. Right, and there was maybe about three or four minutes, maybe yeah, about four or five take, minutes. You know, at the beginning that were not episode. So yeah, you can so, you can stop this I, whenever you feel appropriate. You got some. Yeah. You have you have some wiggle room. I got between here and about one ten. Okay, I'm mine. All right, I like it. So rest of the room. Well, how are what are you guys doing? Did the uh, magical door from the maintenance room ever start to shut? It's, it's still open. Okay. It seems well, dark the, through that door. For the most part, Jarrell's kind of just like hanging out in the doorway, making sure it doesn't shut. So he's just kind of watching what everybody <laughs> else is doing. All right. You watch warily from, uh, from the entryway. Yep. The other dwarves in the maintenance room assiduously ignore both you and the red door. Yeah. Horus is going to pull a line of rope out of one of her pockets and tie it around the anvil and then tie the other end around her waist and then dive through the portal. Horus dives through the portal. Attached to a rope, just attached to the anvil. Attached to the rope, attached to the anvil. A moment after Boris goes through the portal... Everyone sees the uh, rope cut off at exactly where the portal was, drop limply to the floor. Hmm. <laughs> Whoopsie. Boris, you clatter through the portal into the room with uh, Felix. The rope behind you severed. My anvil! Oh, my <laughs> anvil, all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I, you learn so much about the character of Boris through those two words. <laughs> Yeah, you know it really is. That is inspiration. Adult onset inspiration. Please, please hold that. Yeah, please hold adult onset for next episode. Nicole, I think this is your first adult onset inspiration. inspiration. <laughs> Welcome to the hapless heroes. I don't. I, I think I got it once, like very early on. Did you? I think so. I, remember, I might yeah. be wrong. I just say every everybody here and the audience remembers our episodes more than I do, even though I've listened to them more times than they have. <laughs> it's weird, right? <laughs> Well, it's like a different kind of listening when you're editing. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That is true. All right. Um, so uh, who, who do we got next? Who else wants to act? I mean, yeah, Preg- no. Pregnart, definitely. Yeah, Pregnart, what are you up to? I just hop through. I mean, Pregnart, I, I feel I feel like through. I'm just like, well, two, two of my party members have gone through. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to miss them if they don't come back. And if... Aww. They need help on the other end. I'm gonna go want to help them. 
we don't deserve Pregnart. No. And Pregnart, Pregnart is just yeah. Pregnart is a a, a puppy dog frogman. Mm-hmm. And he both literally and metaphorically hops through the portal. So uh, worried about where this leads to. Right. That, yeah. Jarrell has yeah. se- seen you guys go not do not one but two different potential portals into other dimensions without any question of where you might end up. Sure. Like you could you could Where literally all be going thing? into a straight bath of lava and no idea. That, that rope <laughs> literally just snapped in half and like lays limp on the floor currently. Right. Like I'm not going through that portal. Darrell hasn't gone through the first portal. <laughs> um Pregnart Pregnart does not have dark vision or any like sight uh, modifier. What what is he experiencing on the other end here? Um, it is dark. You can very faintly see both Felix and Boris near you, but there's nothing emitting light in this room. Uh, like he's to gonna think, he's gonna warp. Oh, sorry. What are you gonna say? Okay. I was gonna say I'd like to think now, not that it would actually give off any measurable light to see anything. Well, let me interrupt you like, because uh, uh, we've already established that Pregnar can use his uh like warm up his shocking grasp to like basically use his hands as like torches. I'm I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to warm up my shocking grasp. You're going to outflavor me. I was about to say that fe- you could see Felix's eyes glowing cuz my devil's sight is active. <laughs> so like, you know, like my <laughs> oh, eyes okay. are like faintly glowing. I'm not trying to you know, outdo like you. I'm just trying you know, to yeah, like, continue canon. See, your devil's sight gives 10 feet of vision to uh, those around you, but only in complete, complete darkness. Oh, cool. Okay. It's like a glow stick. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's like a, like a slightly dim glow stick level of light coming out. It's not a lot of lumens. It's enough where it will do something in pitch blackness. It's enough where it looks cool in pitch blackness. Oh yeah. No. It looks intimidating as fucking pitch and blackness. that's all I wanted to do. That's out. the only reason I even mentioned it, was because I wanted to look cool. Yeah. Now, Pregnard, if you do want to look cool, by all means, get, get the tickle fingers going. They're going. They're tickling. Everybody that here can see. crackling light gives, uh, gives, yeah, gives a dim light surrounding the area. And you have enough context clues to pick up that you've popped into an identical copy of the room that you just left. Just not quite assembled yet. I'm going to try to like stick my head back through the portal. Yeah. So when you, your head hits where the portal is, it meets some resistance and just gets pushed back. Well, Hoblet, uh, I can't believe I, I'm saying this, but it looks like somebody jumped your meter up and uh, took it upon yeah, themselves. It Felix. Usually you're the one making the brash decisions. <laughs> you and finally we have no broke. plan. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you're happy. Um, uh, Felix's plan is in action right now. He jumped through. You need a plan now, and your plan should be to just follow me. I mean, I can't say this to you, but, you know, I'm just saying yeah, not not happening. Felix Felix is moving forward with his plan. My my opinion is which which, was, which the plan uh, remind everyone was half read the inscription yeah. above the door and then jump <laughs> and then through, jump not through. knowing having any idea what that meant. 
Nor, uh, nor was knew, the plan articulated to any of us. I knew <laughs> enough that this seemed like a pretty cool place to start. What did so, it say? What did it say again? It said what uh, came before along this path. Yeah, that, that's not ominous at all, right? We <laughs> this forge was built by Moradin, you know, the good guy, the guy who made the dwarves. The guy who was allied, the guy whose power was infused through the port did, of great did, importance. Did you tell? Also, did you tell us what it said? You told us what it said, right? Yeah. yeah. You said that you were reading everything out loud. Yes. Jarrell would so, like to do a religion check on the history of Moradin specifically and what came before Moradin. Is there is there a kind of like a, you know how like, the old gods have like. And like uh, Greek and Roman have like the Titans and stuff like that. Is there anything like along the like that kind of line? Like a primordial like essence that birthed Nat the twenty. Gods. Nat twenty. Moradin is in and of himself a creator god. So asking what came before a creator god is much akin to asking what came before the Big Bang. Like sure. it's a question that doesn't like. It's dividing by zero. It doesn't quite yeah. compute. The math breaks so, down. Kind of like, like a nothing, pole? a nothingness type thing. Yeah. What was you know what was creation before the creator? Well, if there was anything, it's impossible for us to have records of it. Right. Okay, but they, but they don't have anything like there was a war between the dwarves and some other powerful thing or anything like that. There's nothing along those lines. Okay. That's that's good was, to know. Was there another? Um, portal that had this like similar like where there were different um, characters that were like interwoven with other characters they all seem to have they all did well North, some of them were all dwarfish North well, was, North why, was why don't we just have East. Hoblet read the rest of them backwards before we start jumping into more portals well, that, well that's <laughs> what I'm trying to figure out so we're like this through. was the this was the west portal correct that they went through Correct. Yeah. This was the West Portal. So what does the East Portal look like? I didn't write those down. Yeah. The East Portal uh, reads in normal dwar are uh, more or less slightly corrupted Dwarven. What will come on this path? It is, however, not active. The only one that activated it activated when a hammer was pulled off of the uh, off of the anvil. Okay. That, so uh, the portal to the west which was what came before along this path open as as mike i think i've solved the the the, the vagueness of those two phrases but as quinn do you need me to do like an insight check you you could but um let, let's um you know what this no so you know you can solve this one as mike this is this, this is you know this is intuitive enough where you should need to dice roll your way through it. Okay, so the phrase on the so, so the phrase on the western is yeah. talking about what has already already been. The phrase on the eastern is about what is to come. Yes. So I think that this portal is about the past, and this portal may be about the future. Should we read more of them, or should we just okay. try to get get them back from where they are? I don't so know if I'm think, right. Yeah. I don't know if I'm right. I think <laughs> you're right. So you Darryl have you right. have those two. You also had on southeast. You oh, had what? what will be if all goes to plan, mm -hmm. which is probably the one we should have went through. <laughs> but that wasn't one wasn't open. open to you. There's, There's only, only one, one open. open. Yeah, 
you hit one note and said, that's the right note. Let's jump on through. No. When I hear about what came before, you hit one squanchy note and then we'll give additional information as to potentially, right? If we talk about what came before, Mm-hmm. And now I'm starting to see this was like before it was built, getting the understanding of how it was how it was built and what it was intended to be for. Mm-hmm. That is valuable information rather than just we could we could have gained that from uh, reading the rest of them. Whatever, I I don't have to explain myself <laughs> to you. I made my decision. I'm going with my plan. You're literally uh, unable not, to yeah, explain you yourself not, we're not, to him. Yeah, you we're are not in, able to talk yeah, about it. Anyway. You are in different <laughs> scenes. Right, right, right. You're in different times. You're right metagaming, now. Right. damn you. <laughs> right, I was just, trying not to metagame earlier. We are um, just arguing through the fourth wall. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, I'll a radio show when we get to metagame. You know, fuck y'all. Rem- what? So remind me. Okay, so um, Pregnart was the one that opened the portal, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, the portal was open when Pregnart removed the hammer from the anvil. Jarrell, you've been kind of watching us do all of this. What was it that he used to open the portal? A uh, hammer and a bad note. On the anvil. Um, well, now, frankly, what direction did he pull the hammer? Well, now I go to my musical friend. Hedrick, what do you think we should be doing here? This does not look like an instrument to me. This looks like something that is magical and meant to be manipulated magically. If he used an implement such as a mundane sledgehammer to effectively open up a portal, it doesn't really seem to me that it matters much that it's the sledgehammer. It's something else that he did when he struck the anvil. And if that resonating sound happened when he dragged the hammer off in a direction or something to that effect, something opened up. Now, maybe I'm completely wrong, but one thing's for certain, nobody else has come back through that thing. And at least that's something we can be happy about. Now, I know in the past we have had our things about splitting the party. One thing that I know is we have never accomplished a damn thing when we're separated. And we cannot affect the fact that they have gone through. That has happened. And yes, it does appear that they have gone into the past. (laughs) I hate to say it. I love that line. Felix may have stumbled upon something that buys us time. Uh, Jarrell will again stick his head in for a second. I would suggest that we don't hit the hammer again until we get them back out of there. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Can I just metagame for, not metagame, but like the smug look on Fran's face right now after Hedrick just said that. He did it on purpose. I know he's trying to stroke my ego. (laughs) I know he's trying to stroke my ego. There's some sugar going your direction right now. I think I've explained, right, that Felix pretty much is, like, if I were to have just personified my ego and then just dialed it up, that is who Felix is. (laughs) So thank you. The fact of the matter was he wouldn't have any of that information had Quinn not deciphered the correlation between East and West. It's also... About your deductive reasoning, Captain. It's a heady play buttering up the oncoming DM. (laughs) I like what he's doing. It's it's 5D chess. Of course course you appreciate it. Hedrick Hedrick will be treated very fairly. (laughs) Yeah, that's how how a bard gets adult onset inspiration, okay? Just planting those seeds, (laughs) just greasing greasing those palms, (laughs) stroking the ego.
Question from the other side of the portal. Has Boris been able to figure out that this looks like the past of the same room yet via the, you know, the light off of? Felix has explained it to you. Okay. Yeah. So Boris at this point, because I'm assuming it's been a few minutes, right? We've been kind of waiting while this has been going on. Boris pulls a piece of chalk out and writes the word coming on the wall with a question mark, like right beside where the portal we just went through is. Okay, so you have to traverse the room to go to the western side of the room to do this. Boris, how do you get to the other side of the room? Are you walking around the dais or are you walking over it? You said there was other stuff on the dais now, right? There is like an assortment of stuff on the dais, yes. Okay, it's so knowing- it's still a little dim and dark in this room. You're yeah. operating off of someone else's light, correct? Yeah, yes, I am. And you said okay. it's only like ten feet worth of light, so I wouldn't be able to see across the whole room. Right? No, and I would not, and I would, yeah. and I would purposely not walk Boris to the pile of stuff until okay. I know what it is so that I can uh-huh. take inventory, so that I can see if there's anything missing after I've already scanned it, before she hits her hands on it. That's, um... But with, with my plan being to go, you know, write a note to the future, Boris would have lit her lantern, knowing that she had to cross the room, seen the pile of stuff, and yes, gone across the dais and planning to pause on the way to take account of what objects were there. What you see on the dais, by the way, is an overturned toolbox. Uh, There appears to be a pair of tongs, a pair of forceps, um, a scrap of paper, and one of those uh, flat carpenter's pencils. There's nothing written on the paper, by the way. Um, An extra piece of chalk, if you hadn't had one before, and a uh, blacksmith's hammer. And she just walks past the stuff, checks the scrap of paper to know that there's nothing written on it, walks past the stuff, and then goes to write the message on the wall. Okay. Uh, You make it over to the other side of the room. The western portal over there is literally only a couple of uh, bricks stacked on each other at the bases uh, where it would be mounted on the floor. It's almost not built at all. But on that far wall, it's, you know, you find a nice flat space, and I assume you're going to write coming with a question mark? Yep, and like as big of letters as I possibly can. Okay. If words could look angry, the word would look angry or like annoyed. (laughs) Alright. And... We will leave that uh, word there on the wall. But the results, well, dear audience, you'll have to wait until next week to find out. Oh. If you like us, we can be found on the internet. We're in such places as Reddit slash r slash hapless heroes podcast. We're on Facebook. Search for Hapless Heroes Podcast. Hapless Heroes Podcast. We are also both on Twitter and the Gram at Hapless Heroes. Each and every one of those places has some sort of sticky note or uh, you know sticky post or sticky tweet or something like that. You know anything we touch is generally a little sticky. So you know go look for that, and it will take you to the crown jewel of our internet presence, our Discord server, which is uh, where we you know. We, we meet, we greet, we hang out. It's, it's you know, the core of our social media sort of thing because all of our socials sort of are right there. That's where you can meet and talk to us and hang out, and we've got a growing community there. We'd love it if you would be part of it. If you really like us. You could, uh, 
know, maybe uh, leave us a five-star review on the podcast service of your choice. I assume if you're listening to this, you've got, uh, you've got, you know, you've got some sort of preference in your podcast consuming uh, habits. Now, if that way allows you to leave us a review, by all means, please leave us a review. Um, you know, whatever stars you feel appropriate, obviously, we like five stars. It, uh, you know, it makes people think we're good and gives us uh, a little more reach and exposure so more people like you can find people like us. Yeah, actually, we have a little little something-something in our Five Stars channel on our Discord server. It comes from Fiero. Now, they said they, I guess they've been listening to us for a long time, but they've been waiting until they get caught up. So they were like, as of, as of last week, I guess. Well, I don't want to date ourselves, but like since the 19th of October. Um, and they said that they wanted to give a review, you know, once they've reached this point. This person's been playing D&D for a long time. And they said that we rekindled their desire to DM. I love your group's cohesion, your style, and the story you've presented to your listeners. I've also taken notes along the way of things that I want to try to weave into my own groups in some way. We've already adopted your method of crits. Well, we, you know, music, my group loved it a lot. It made so much sense, and it's much more satisfying for all. I agree. I just think it's a better way to do it. It, it just it just makes combat more exciting. I also agree. Um, and we've already adopted. He's like, he's like, uh, I'll finish this up with this thought. As much as I'm sad, I'm caught up and have to wait for release to release. I eagerly await the next episode to hear how things will play out, not only for the HOT, but for the interns as well. You guys have definitely rolled a natural twenty on your performance rolls for this. Ooh, thank uh, you. Fiero, you are a five-star human, and yep. we just want you to know. That's five that's stars. what I've been waiting for. I don't five stars are great, but a nat twenty, that's well, awesome. yeah. We just got a nat twenty review. We did. That's true. That's yeah. true. Oh, to our listeners, that five stars uh, channel we talked about. That's that's a place where you know maybe if uh, your podcast service doesn't let you leave a review, that's a good place to leave it. That way, you know we can still see it and recognize you as the five-star human being that you are. It's kind of now, like a well, skewed data set, though. I think we should have a one-star review channel as well, just so the haters can come blow us up. <laughs> we have... I I haven't seen any real haters yet, and that's how I know that we've still got plenty of room to grow, because... I mean, no, like, we're not I, giving them the opportunity. Right. That's right. what I've been saying, though, is you haven't made it until you attract haters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, if you really, really like us, though... You can donate to our Patreon, patreon.com slash haplessheroes. We have a variety of reward tiers, you know, uh, based on, you know, whatever you feel like uh, you're willing to or can give. You know, we appreciate any support that we can get. We uh, we try to turn those things back into supporting the podcast, covering our hosting fees, any new equipment we need to uh, record as a podcast. Um, you know, their ancillary fees, like uh, our subscription for the sound effects we use, comes from Patreon fees, from from listeners like you, helping to make this podcast a better product for it's you. true. We're literally donating some of those Patreon dollars straight back to Tabletop Audio for providing all these ambiences. Like, is he, I mean, he just, like, let us do it for free, but we just didn't feel like, I mean, like, he put all this hard work into making these, like, 10-minute, like, ambience loops. I just feel like, you know, we got to pay that forward. Yes. he's just, he's awesome. Because... Hey, artists. Yes. And if you like us right now, you like us, Sally Field, and the whole deal. Um, please compose, perform, and record for us a corny ass hapless heroes rap. Oh my god! Hell yeah! I want yeah. all of those. Yep. Yes. One hundred percent. Yes. 
do that. Do that right now. Like a Pokemon rap kind of thing, but yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Or like fact, if you do, I, I guarantee Hedrick will put you as a uh, feature on his next. Album. I think Hedrick oh, yeah. should perform the rap sometime during an episode. Uh, hell, I'd, I'd love to do do well. Some very you know fourth wall I mean? breaking rap coming straight out of Hedrick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Hedrick's all about that fourth wall. <laughs> Taking it down, brick by brick. Hedrick, please take down that wall. What's the quote? Please tear down that wall. Mr. Hedrick. I don't, I, I don't think he said please, did he? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He was pretty polite. <laughs> At the end. He He's like pretty it. pleased with sugar on top, Mr. Gorbachev. <laughs> to tear down that wall. <laughs> after that wall's taken down, we can take down our podcast, and we're going to do it by outshoring mm. our cast uh, the opposite way of when I went in, starting all the way to my left. As Pregnart, we have Zach. I'm so confused. To his left, as Hedrick the Entertainer, we have Phil. In the room and strike the time. They broke on through to the other side, but now our crew's on the other side. <laughs> wow, two different songs. A nice, tra- nice, smooth transition there too. Um, to his left, we have Boris the Butcher, played by Nicole. Oh, what's taking everyone so long? To her left, we have Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind, played by Mike. There are just some moments in my life I don't want to have to relive. To his left, we have Lord Jarrell the Light, played by John. Until next time. To his left, we have Hoblet the Smasher, played by James. Why are they making such poor choices? <laughs> You've grown up. I'm from you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I really don't want to hear it. Someone's got to be responsible. I don't want to hear it. Hoblet's been through some shit now since Trixie broke. Right. I think he's really kind of matured. He now knows that there are uh, consequences to his actions. <laughs> what? That Trixie gets to come back more badass? Right. right. I don't see how he lost. Can't it. count on that every time, though. Yeah, it's true. Fail forward. What you can count on, though, is to his left, as the fabulous Felix Fizzlebottom, we have Francesco. Everything's a plan, as long as I'm the one doing it. Ugh. My name is Dave, graduate of Linus Tech Tips School of Horrible Segways, and uh, I've been your host, Dungeon Master, this evening. Good night. Bye. 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 B